Good morning. God's good, isn't he? Come on, give him praise. Isn't he worthy? Amen. Well, welcome to Cornerstone Church. If you're visiting with us, thanks for coming. My name is Sean F. Kim, lead pastor here. Listen, I want to make mention of that, just that last uh, announcement there, is that we have uh, Easter's in two weeks, and um, we have an action plan for you. You can uh, pick one up, up up in the foyer, or you can, if you don't have our app, download our app. It has a lot of things on it, but it also have this on it. And uh, today is day one of this 14-week, 14-week, uh, 14-day uh, action plan. And the first one is to share your testimony today. And I know that freaks a lot of people out. But I want to encourage you to share your testimony to someone. And let me tell you one easy way to do that is to video yourself with your phone and, uh, or your webcam or with your camera, whatever you want to do, and, um, and put it on Facebook. Just say, this is the big deal. This is what's the big deal about Easter to me. And that maybe because I, I receive love at Easter because it's what Jesus did. That's a way to do that and to load it up into, onto your uh, Facebook or your, your Twitter or your Instagram. Instagram's only 15 seconds, so it's a little small. You get it really, really quick. But, you know, do, do that, and that's a way to share your testimony um, out there in the world. And, and make sure you do a hashtag, uh, Easter, what's the big deal, uh, for us to really grab it, and we can put it up on our website also. And so uh, do that. Just make that plan today to share your testimony. Now, if you don't want to know how to do video or anything, just go to Quick Trip and just stand in front of the door, and there's somebody going to come through that door, out that door, and just say, hey, listen, can I tell you, can I take it one minute of your time and let me share you my testimony, okay? Do something like that. At least give them a quick trip uh, gas card or something, too, while you're at it. Amen? And just be a part of that. Now, go through this 14-day plan and just do everything that's written in it. And maybe during this, this time, the Holy Spirit will even tell you something else to do, how we can be a light into our community. And that's what God's called you to do, right? Amen? And uh, he has a plan for you to do something great and have an impact on people's lives. So pick one of these up today, download our app, or if you, don't, if you came last week, you have one already probably because we gave everyone one. Amen? God's good, isn't he? For some of you, he's good some of the time. Okay, God is, he's such a good God. And, you know, we're on this series, and this is the last um, uh, message on this series, Love, I mean, Life, Love, and Finances. And we're talking about how to have the abundant life of God. And how we started out this series of just talking about how so many believers don't really enter into the life that God has for them. And so we've been going through times of, you know, going through, you know, our relationships, going through our finances, going through just in life in general. And, and this last message the Lord's put on my heart a number, number of, actually a number of years ago to preach this. And I didn't know it was going to be in this, this service that we would be doing this. And just right before, you know, our next, next week and entering into Holy Week, you know, the, and then entering into Easter, what Jesus did is that, you know, the enemy, the Bible says, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to take what all that Jesus did on the cross away from you. He doesn't want you and I to enter into the life of God. And in this life that we have, you know, there's obstacles that come in our way. How many guys understand that? There's things that trip you up, that come into your life that tries to steal the joy 
out of your life. How many guys had an obstacle this week that tried to steal the joy out of your life? I mean, just raise your hand. I got my, both of my hands up, amen? And, um, you know, there's these obstacles that come, and sometimes some of these obstacles are obstacles that just come all of a sudden. It may just happen that day, and something happens at work. Something happens, maybe husbands that you weren't as smart as you should have been that day and said something wrong to your wife, you know, and that, that really stole the joy out of your life, you know, or, or it could have been maybe your kids messed up, or maybe it was um, just financially, you know, you just, something messed up in your life, you, you didn't expect that bill to come in or expect it to be as much as it was, and, and something just came in there and stole the joy. So some of those times, some of those obstacles are obstacles that just pop up. But then there's obstacles that we deal with and have been dealing with all the time that we can never seem to get free from, and they just steal the life that is in us away. You know, an obstacle is a thing that blocks one's way or prevents or hinders progress. You know, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says that, you know, that the Lord has a purpose and a plan for our lives, and it is good. And he has this plan and this purpose for you and I to, to live the life and the plan of God and to do great things and, and to, to be a lover of God, not just some of the time, but all the time. And, 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 and to receive that joy, even in hard times, even in trials and tribulations. And a lot of these obstacles that we have, a lot of them don't just, some of them stop us from moving forward, but some of it just makes life a pain. And even though we're inching forward in some way, it is very hard, and these obstacles stop that. But we look through the Bible, and we look through a lot of men. A lot of men had obstacles in their life. Moses was a man, had a calling on his life to bring deliverance to the people of God. And he was a great leader, but he had an obstacle. And the obstacle was that he was feeling inadequate. He wasn't able. He didn't feel like he was able enough, or he had the ability he felt he wasn't qualified. And he said in Exodus 3, 3.11, God, who am I? And God says, I am your I am. It's not you. It's the God inside of you. Moses' obstacle was adequacy, but the victory was when he recognized the need really for God's presence. And we see that in Exodus 33 when he's on the mountain. He says, God, if you don't go with me, if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not going. Abraham had an obstacle and was impatience, you know. Of course, you know, a lot of these guys, they have more than one, but this is one of his main ones. And he had to wait for the promise of God. And God told him that he'd be a father of many nations. And he didn't even have a son. And he felt like he needed to make things happen. How many has ever done that before? It's not a good thing, by the way. And so we're still dealing with that issue today because Abraham decided to make things happen. And he felt like that he had to do it. He had to make it do it. But Abraham eventually did overcome. He is considered a father of faith. Because faith opens the door to God's promises for you. But it's really patience that keeps that door open until that promise is fulfilled. Abraham's obstacle was impatient. But his victory was moving into a place of faith, of trusting in God. A place where he could allow God to do his work in his way. No matter what the circumstances was, he was able to wait for that. Joshua had an obstacle, was fear, and his obstacle was 
fear of not being able to do what he was supposed to do, but his victory was recognized as his need for the word of God and trusting the word and being empowered by the word of God to move forward. David had many obstacles, right? But there was one obstacle that he dealt with at, at the very beginning that no one believed in him. He was just a kid. But his victory was recognizing the need for the relationship with God. This was a guy that his own dad forgot about him. But he recognized his need for, for, for that relationship with God. Worship was the victory in David's life. And because he was confident in who his God was, because he knew his God, he was able to defeat the giant, the lion, the bear. David had the confidence and the boldness to go and to do what God called him to do. Not because it was his own ability. Not because people believed in him. Because people didn't. And they kept on trying to defeat him and, and move him out. But it was David whose trust in the Lord and had a relationship with God. Peter, it was pride. Remember that? He denied Jesus to a little girl, but then changed and bowed down to the Holy Spirit. Paul had an obstacle, and it was, it was his past. And he uh, decided to forget his past and to move forward and strain forward and do whatever it took to, to look to what God had for him in his future. So what are the obstacles in your life? What's going on in your life that's holding you back from doing the dream of God that he's put inside of you? Is it fear? What's holding you back from really going all out for the Lord and, and, and being a godly man, a godly woman that just worships the Lord? Unrestrained. Maybe it is your past. Maybe there's some things in your past that you feel like if you would do that today, you'd be hypocritical. And that's just a lie from the enemy. So what are these obstacles? Is it lust? Is it a sin issue? That you've been dealing with over and over again. You try to get out of it, and you, and, but it just keeps on coming back. And it's, where it just, it's just like you're trying, and then it pulls you back in. Pulls you away from just really breaking free. Is it jealousy? Is it pride? Is it being judgmental? You know, you can be judgmental. Did you know that? where it can hold you back because you're about judgment of everybody else and what they're doing. Guess what? That's what the Bible says when it's pressed down, shaking together, running over. It's talking about judgment that will be given back to you. When I judge somebody else, that can be given back to me, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. And I don't want that. Because what happens is when I judge them, I'm going to judge myself. And I'm going to stop moving forward in that. And what God's called me to do? Is it a way of thinking or believing? What obstacle are you dealing with to move forward? I believe today you can be set free from that. I believe you can be set free from that where you can just leave it at the cross today and move forward and become the man that God has for you to become. Become the woman that God has for you to become. And to receive his power and his ability to move forward and, and to really grasp all that God has for you. Grasp this life. What needs to happen today is for you to, number one, just to recognize. Recognize your obstacles. Not in a condemning way, but in a way of freedom where we see you may even see them coming, but they don't bother you anymore. They don't slow you down. They don't hinder you from doing what God has for you. So we need to recognize what they are. James 5.16 says, 
confess, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that what? You may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So let's, let's find out what, what is the obstacles that are in my life. Recognize them. Don't deny them. A lot of times we deny them. Oh, they, they don't bother me. They may not be bothering you right now, but they have bothered you in the past, and they're probably going to bother you in the future unless you recognize what's happening, what's going on, and say, yes, I have that problem. I, I, I am. I'm jealous, or I'm, 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 I have this pain and this hurt that someone's hurt me, and I haven't released that to the Lord and allowed him to heal me. We make excuses for obstacles in our lives, and we ignore them, and we begin to even blame somebody else for them. And this doesn't help you at all. Admit them. You know what the word admit means? It means to concede as true as valid. Admitting a mistake. But it also means this, to allow entry. Isn't that what James is talking about in James 5? If you confess, admit, your sins to each other and pray for each other, then you may be healed. It really allows the Lord to do a work in your life. It allows something to come in. And when you recognize them, then you know exactly what's going on and where the enemy is attacking you and where it's the problem. So you can, you can deal with that and give it to the Lord. You need to recognize what's hindering you in order to move past it. Sometimes you need to talk to a friend. Let the, ask them. Talk to your spouse. Talk to your your kids. Set your kids down and ask them. Hey guys, what's wrong with me? <laughs> They'll probably tell you the truth. Kids are like that, don't, don't you know? You know they they really tell you the truth. Dad, you you look fat today. Thanks, thanks, son. I appreciate that. There's a guy by the name of Jim Abbott. How many of you guys remember Jim Abbott? He was a pitcher for the Yankees. He was a he had he was missing one hand, and so when he would pitch, he would have to uh, throw the ball with the hand that he had, and then uh, put the other glove on, so he, just in case that ball, you know, the cat, the the hitter hits it towards him, and um, so he he was a great guy. I mean, he threw a no hitter in his life. He um, he he had a gold medal, medal, but you know you've got to understand he only had one hand. This is not easy. And, uh, and so what happened with early on when he was a kid, Jim came home to his dad, and he was just a little kid, and he says, Dad, the, the neighborhood boys, they won't allow me to play baseball with them because I, don't, I only have one hand. That's why they won't play. His dad looked at him and said, Son, that's not true. They're not allowing you to play baseball, not because you only have one hand, because you suck at baseball. He could have went all his life making excuses why people didn't let him play baseball. And he thought his obstacle was his missing one hand. His obstacle was really he didn't know how to play baseball. And he became a great baseball player. We need to recognize what it is. And that sometimes you need to ask somebody else, you know, what's going on with me? What's happening with me? Why it's so important to be in community. So important to be around other people who can, you can talk to about that and ask them, hey, hey, this is what I think is wrong. Help me with it. Pray for me. Amen? So we can be free and, and allow all that God has for us to come into our lives. Amen? So important. Number two, how do we get these obstacles away? You need to turn from your ways and live. 
Don't continue to do the same thing over and over again and live the same way that you've always lived. Think the same way you've always thought. You need to decide. Once you recognize, you need to start turning and making a change and allowing Holy Spirit to lead and guide you in that. Ezekiel 33, verse 10 and 11, it says this, Son of man, say to the house of Israel, this is what you are saying. Our offenses and sins weigh us down, and we are wasting away because of it. Isn't that true? Doesn't it weigh you down? You know, Hebrews 12 you know, says that, that you know, you're, they weigh you down, you know, so you cast them off, you know, those sins and those obstacles. I mean, how many guys had an obstacle this week weigh you down? You know, maybe even got you depressed. You know, you took out the joy, took out the life of you. I mean, it's like someone coming up and hitting you in the stomach, you know, and, and you know, you're losing all your air, you know. And so this is what it's saying. Your offenses and sin weigh us down, and we are wasting away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as surely as I live. God's saying, as I live, declares the sovereign Lord. I take no pleasure in death of the wicked, but rather they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. So turn from them. Because you and I have a choice to turn. We can choose life. And when those obstacles come and those things come, you and I have a choice. Am I going to allow that obstacle to dictate how am I going to feel today and how am I going to live or I'm going to choose life and go this direction? If I look at my bank account and I went, what happened to all that money? And instead of screaming out, Lisa, which is never a good idea, trust me. What am I going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to choose life. God, you will supply all of my needs. I'm going to turn. I'm going to change. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to live the life of God. I'm going to hear the voice of God, not the voice of Sean. I'm not going to be like Abraham where I'm going to take it on myself and try to change things. I'm going to listen to his word. And I'm going to allow him. And because I can. The thing about it is you and I can because we have a new nature. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. You and I can. We're not the old nature anymore. Even though it tries to come up, we're not that. And it says in verse 17, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however... That means he's talking to believers here. Have not, did not come to know Christ that way. That's the thing about it is the old nature, the old world creeps up and and we try to handle things like we used to, right? Where we had no hope. We had no ability to get out of it. See, that's not you and I. If you're a believer in here, that's not you. If you're not a believer, you you can come into this today. You and I have the ability, because of Jesus, to get out of our depression. To get out of our stinking life, you know? To get out of the ways that we used to live. But what happens with a lot of believers is that we go back to what we used to know. And this is how we handle things. This is how I handle my life. I stress out. Listen, I'm not pointing just at you. I'm pointing at me too, because I didn't understand that. But there's a better way, and that's what Paul's saying here. 
He says, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Verse 21, surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So we have a choice to turn, to think differently, to not act the same way when somebody says something to you that you don't like or tells you that you're wrong. I don't know about you. I don't like being told that I'm wrong, but I have now understood that sometimes I am. Maybe more times than I want to agree with. How do I handle that? Do I hand it at, at like the other way and start talking about that person's mama? Or do I do something differently, you know? Do I say, okay, let me pray about that. Do I handle my life in a different way? Yes, we, we can handle our life. Because what the enemy wants to do, it wants to bring the old self which was dead to control you again, which takes away all the joy and the love and the life of God. And in these trials, and you've heard me say this, trials will come. How are we going to respond? Are we going to respond in the life of God? Or are we going to choose our old way, which brings death into all, every situation? We have been made, created like, to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. So turn. The third thing we need to do, seek the Lord and be refreshed. Seek the Lord and be refreshed. Turn to Amos chapter 5. Let me show you something here. When those obstacles come, does, is the first thing that comes into your mind is to bow down and, and pray and seek the Lord? should. We should be doing that. Look what it says here. This is what the Lord says to the house of Israel. Seek me and live. It's pretty plain and simple, right? Do not sing Bethel. Do not go to Gigal. And do not journey to Beersheba. Now, these three places were once places of great privilege, great spiritual heritage, but they have become a place of idols. And what happens is a lot of times when these obstacles come, they get in our way and they weigh us down and they start taking the life away from us. A lot of times our first response is to work it out like Abraham ourselves. And we seek counsel from the internet, from other people, from a lot of times the way things used to be, instead of just bowing down, God, what do you say? What do you have? You don't go back into your past and move in those past relationships with other things. Seek the Lord first and allow him to lead you. And then you're going to live. You're going to see a different perspective when you do that. You're going to see a different idea, a new way of doing something. You're going to see God just really move in you in a different way where these obstacles, and they're going to come, 
Because the enemy's like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. So they're going to come in your life. So how are you going to handle them? Are you going to just go right over them? Or are you going to let them impact your life? Seek the Lord and you will live. Seek the Lord and be refreshed. When things come, bow down and start worshiping the Father. And get his perspective on the situation. Don't go out to another man's perspective unless he leads you. First seek him and get his perspective where it's going to be okay. There's going to be no worries. And then you can hear the voice of God and be able to be led by him and go after him with all that you have. Seek him first. Then you can set your mind and your heart to seek after what he says. Don't you know that God has the answer? you every single answer that you need he has and he can speak it to you and when he speaks it to you you can write it down and then go to the people that are around you that are loving the lord too and will help you seek after the lord and says hey this is what the lord said to me what do you think and give it to them and allow the lord just to really work in that situation See, there's some great promises to those who seek the Lord. First Chronicles 28 says you will find him. In Hebrews 11:6, he rewards those who seek him. James 4:8, you draw near to him, he draws near to you. Second Chronicles 16 says we are strengthened when we seek him. We need that, don't we, when those obstacles come? Psalms 34, we shall not lack any good thing when we seek the Lord. Amen? And as we begin to do that, we begin to see something different. Make that your first response. When something hits you, when something comes around you, or you've been dealing with something all all your life, get with the Lord and seek the Lord. God, what's the answer to get rid of this obstacle in my life that's been holding me back? Don't go read self-help books first. Read, Read what the Holy Spirit is saying. Go to him. God can use books, definitely. Don't, I'm not saying don't go to them. Let the Lord lead you to them. But seek the Lord. Get a word from God, not just a word from man. Get a word from him. What does he say? Seek the Lord in that. And then number four, live by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, as, as you begin to recognize what's going on in your life recognize the obstacles and as you begin to turn to change to make that choice to choose life and as you begin to seek the lord receive his power he has the ability the power for you and i to move from every situation that we need to move in and we need to have the power of the holy spirit daniel eleven thirty two. but the people who know their god shall be strong and carry out great exploits but you know the lord by seeking out to him and walking in the Spirit of God. Because He's alive and well and He's inside of you if you're a believer. Now look, check out Galatians chapter 5. This is a particular chapter. It's one of those key chapters in the Bible that's important to a Christian's life. And look at verse 16 here. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. 
They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So that tells me a lot right there. That when we're not led by the Spirit, we are under the law. What does the law do? The law kills. The law holds you back. It stops you from moving forward. But when you are connected to the Spirit of God, and you're being led by the Spirit of God, because you have built a relationship with the Spirit of God by seeking God Himself. You're going to move past those obstacles. You're going to be led by Him. But if you're, if you're going to do things of the flesh, you're going to go to everybody and talk to them and complain about your situation. You're going to go and uh, hear from man. And it's not always good. Now, can man give some wisdom? Yes. But you need specifics from the Holy Spirit because He knows exactly what you need. So walk by the Spirit of God. Be led by the Spirit of God. Hear His voice. In verse 22, it says this. He says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with His passions, desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What does that tell me? That the Spirit of God is moving. You understand that? So this is what happens. When that obstacle comes our way, the Spirit of God does not stop because of the obstacle. It is not ruled by anything. So no matter what happens in your life, the Spirit of God is not moved by that because He doesn't want us to be moved by that. And so when we kept and step with the Spirit, if we are gaining that relationship, we're, st- we're seeking the Lord, that means when that obstacle comes, we follow the Spirit of God and not follow our circumstances. We follow what He says and how He feels. Listen, if God is sad, we're all in trouble. When He is, he is mad, we're all in trouble. So follow Him. Be led by Him, not by your circumstances. So when we are keeping in step by the Spirit of God, He is going to lead us out of it. And so the Spirit of God is going this way. Even though that obstacle stop, could stop us, we need to continue with Him. We need to follow Him and be led by Him. So Paul says, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's not one time, but every day where He steps, that we keep in step with Him because we seek the Lord. We choose to recognize our obstacles. We turn to, I'm not going to allow those to bother me. I'm not going to allow those to affect me. I'm going to seek the Lord and see what He says about it. And I'm going to listen to the Spirit of God and continue to move with Him so I can get rid of those things. And so if you're dealing with obstacles that keep on coming back, the same thing, the sin or whatever's going on in your life, that you keep on the fear, the depression, recognize it. Admit that, hey, that's what's going on in my life. And then start to turn. It's no longer will I follow or allow you to dictate who I am. Allow you to to tell me how I'm going to feel. That means you're going to start turning. You're going to start choosing life. I choose life, and I'm going to fall down on my knees. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. Even right now, I know what's happening in some people's lives. That you're afraid that you're not going to hear. Just trust in Him. 
It's that small voice inside of you. Seek the Lord, and he'll be found. Listen to him. Start worshiping. Building that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Start seeing with your spiritual eyes and hearing with your spiritual ears what you're supposed to do. And those obstacles aren't going to bother you any longer. Start moving that way and living that way. And start developing that life in the Spirit of God and watch God do something greater. You guys ready for that? So what are the obstacles right now? Put down everything. Put down your, your, your phones and your Bible and everything. So what are they? What are the obstacles right now in your life? So Close your eyes. Let's ask God that. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to show us right now. What other obstacles? What is holding me back from all that God has for me? Is it fear? Is it pride? Is it jealousy? Is it my past? Is it the way I always have thought, always was taught? Is it lust? Is it gossip? Is it laziness? Is it that just that lack of excitement for the Lord? The life that He has for you is a life of abundance. But it's our choice to move into that. We've got to choose today. I'm going to live differently. I'm going to recognize what it is. So ask Holy Spirit right now. So Father, show us what are the obstacles in our life? What are they right now? Show us what's hindering us from moving forward in you, from receiving that abundant life? What are those things that have stopped us, Lord? Maybe hindered us, made it hard. What are those things? Is a way of thinking. Show us, Lord. Allow the Lord to show you. Just think of it right now. He's already popping some things in your head. Okay, this is what we're going to do. going to take you for some action here, okay? We're going to nail those things to the cross. Jesus already paid the price for it. I mean, some pain. Maybe someone hurt you and you're, you're still dealing with it. You have unforgiveness. Let's just nail this to the cross right now. Let's just give it to the Lord Jesus. I want you to say this. Say, I nail... And you can name that obstacle quietly. You don't have anyone else to know. To the cross. So I nail it to the cross. Say that. I nail it to the cross. I break all agreements I have made with this obstacle, whatever it is. Name it. Just say it. I break all agreements I have made, known. Say that. Known or unknown. And I repent. I turn away of joining myself with that obstacle. Thank you, Jesus, for sending this obstacle away from me in Jesus' name. Now ask him something. God, what do you want to replace it with? So whether that obstacle was depression or that obstacle was fear 
then, God, what do you want to replace that in me now? Because it's one thing to release something, but you need to replace it with something that's godly, that's of him. So what does he want to replace right now in you? Is it that joy that you've lost so many years ago? Is it the peace of God because you've been dealing with anxiety and fear? Ask the Lord. God, send it to me now. Send us, Lord, what you want to replace. What you want to put in us, Lord, that we have long forgotten because we've allowed that obstacle to come in. So replace it with something right now. In Jesus' name, I just pray that right now. We just thank you, Lord. Father God, no longer will we be led and allow things the enemy puts in front of us to stop us, to hold us back, to bring pain into our lives anymore. And we give our lives completely to you and we turn, we recognize what's happened. We turn to you, we seek your face and we will be led by the Spirit of God. We allow the power of your Holy Spirit to move and to change us right now in Jesus' name. Father, no longer will we be like our old self and we do things the old way. But God, you're doing a new thing in us right now. You're doing a new thing in us, a greater thing in Jesus' name. And we receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Now everyone's eyes closed, no one looking around. You've never given Jesus, made Jesus the Lord of life. You've never given him your life. He is waiting for you right now to just give him your life. And he wants to give you that abundant life, that new life that he wants to give you. He wants to make a way where he just brings in love and forgiveness. He's given you that place. But you need to receive it. You need to realize, recognize you need a Savior. Over 2,000 years ago, he came and he died on the cross for us. This isn't a story. This is real. And he did that because the Bible says all have sinned. That means all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have made mistakes. And it's taken us, taken us away from our Father God who made us, who created us. And you're sitting right there and you know you need something more. You know there's something else in this life. And I want to challenge you right now to give your life to Jesus. Don't waste another day. He's here and he wants to bring life to you. He wants to bring love and acceptance and forgiveness and power to live this life like he's always created us to live. But it takes you laying down your life and says, God, I give you what I have. I give you my life, and you receive his. But it's just the choice that you make. You can choose today to do that, to follow Christ. And I promise you, when you make that choice, your life will change. It'll be a start of a great adventure, and a beginning of something great. So this is what I want to do. I want to pray for you. If that's you, and you want to give your life to the Lord today, you want to make a change. You want to turn. Just like what we talked about that all of us have to do every day. But this thing you're going to do is going to change your life forever. So if that's you and you're sitting there and you say, Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to do that. I'm going to pray with you. And I'm going to ask for you just to raise your hand and you can put your hand down. So just raise your hand. Anybody? 
here. This is Pastor Sean. That's me. Okay. Anybody else? This is Pastor Sean. That's me. Okay. You say, Pastor Sean, I want to do that. I want to give my life to Jesus. I don't want to waste another day. I don't want to waste my life anymore. Okay, this is what I want us to do. I want us to pray this prayer together. And those who raised their hand, and even those who didn't, if you feel like, yeah, that's me. I do want to do this. I want you to mean it with all your heart. And Jesus is going to come to you right now. He's going to change your life. He's going to come in and bring love and forgiveness to you. So let's all pray right now. Say, Father God, I give you my life. I give you all that I am. And I receive all that you have. I confess you right now as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died on the cross for me, that you took my sin upon yourself so I wouldn't have to die. So I give you my life completely, and I choose this day to turn from what was old, my old way of living, and I turn to you. And I follow you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Thank you for forgiving me. And you are my Lord. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Amen.